Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Let's go blues! Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Today, you're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Nice onesie. Is it coming, men? Oh, I think you coming, men, enough for all of us. And anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 79 of Let's Go Blues Radio, the often imitated but never duplicated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. We're broadcasting live on Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. This is Franchise Episode number 265 all-time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And for your listening pleasure for the next little while, we'll be talking Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues Hockey to interact with the show on social media, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGB Radio. My account is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Notes, and Jeff's is at JPonder94. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, and we're dual live streaming each week on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, for those of you watching the live streams right now, feel free to comment in the live chats, and we'll address what we can. The website is letsgoblues.com, where you can listen to or watch past episodes of the show. Browse the fan discussion forum as well as get some cool St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts and stickers that helps support the show. Guys, we're back in the series. Yeah, and hey, are we going to talk over each other the whole time again? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think we should. Yeah, good start. I think our we have our issues solved, everybody, for who uh, paid attention to last week's show. So hopefully... Do not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do not I, I count think, those chickens before they're hatched. I think. I think. I, but I, we'll see. Well, yeah. Well, hopefully, with with you uh, uh, streaming it from your place this time, uh, it, it'll because Bill and I are I, I, me in particular. I, we had issues since the storms uh, last week, so uh, internet's been going in and out. Um, not a ton, but every so often, it just goes off for a few minutes and comes back. And uh, that would that would screw up the show this week. So uh, so Jeff's Jeff's taking the reins this week with the streaming. So and what a great job I've done. So far, so good. Yeah. About a minute into the show. Yeah. Seamless. I've had a yeah. great minute. Your probationary <laughs> period's going well. Woohoo! I do yeah. believe so the last week's show any... was great. The first five minutes too. Yeah. I was going to say if there are any um, spectrum. Uh, employees or techs uh, that are listeners of the show, uh, why don't you uh, why don't you get a work order put in to uh, come check out uh, Kurt in my neighborhood? Because uh, things have not been good since those storms. You mean the Let's Go Blues Radio Studios? <laughs> right. Yes, at the, the Let's Go Blues Radio Studio in Troy, Illinois, and, uh, location. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's- 
Yeah, I am. I am. Too, I am too lazy to call them and report it. But, I, d- I did. Yeah. I, I didn't call them. I was on on the online chat, and I was on hold. Someone with you shortly for an hour, and uh, I was prepping for the show tonight, and I just had that window open, and it was over an hour, and I was like, just screw this. I mean, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll call back later or whatever. But good old Charlie, yeah, which spectrum. tells me they. Tells me they know something, or it's widespread, not just here. So, well, I I know my neighborhood has it, and you have it, so it's it's the area, apparently. Uh, the official beers of episode number two hundred seventy eight. Uh, don't forget to follow us on the Untapped app. Uh, my account is C Price twelve, Jeff says J Ponder ninety four, and Bill is, is uh, Billy Blue Note thirty three. Uh, to check out what beers we're drinking. Uh, guys, what do you got tonight? Uh, Bill, what you got? Oh, made a quick switch there. <laughs> Ponder, thought it, Ponder thought he was getting the go tonight. I was me. faked out, man. It was like a perfect yeah. juke from Marshall Falk. <laughs> Our line starts. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, tonight. I, uh, I've, I've been... Uh, sitting on this one for a little bit, but thought it was perfectly appropriate. Uh, R-O-R came to mind. I don't know why. Could be that he's the MVP of the fucking playoffs. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm drinking Ryan Rye uh, Maple Syrup um, Ale oh, uh, by Boulevard. Uh, I think I've had it on the show before. Um, I've uh, been selling a couple since the winter months. Um, but man, this is a good beer. 12% alcohol by volume. It's a nice uh, maple flavor to it. Nice and malty. And uh, yeah, it couldn't be more appropriate. Game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff. That is an excellent beer, by the way. So uh, yes, the ROR, that's a perfect drink. Uh, right now, but I am going with, uh, and, and those that follow me on Twitter and Instagram know that I made a joke about this Friday night. This was my beer of choice, uh, <laughs> for all of last year's playoffs, the Schlafly pale ale. Um, and uh, I just said, Hey, sorry, St. Louis, I'll start drinking these again now. And that did not work out obviously Friday night. So I did not do the same thing Sunday. But I will say that uh, I was drinking them a lot on the show still. So I'm still counting it as uh, our good luck charm. So the pale ale from Schlafly, one of my favorites. Uh, So give it a try. Good stuff. I'm going with one of my favorites um, this evening. It is the uh, peanut butter porter from Saugatuck Brewing in Michigan. Uh, I'm a big fan. I've had it on the show a few times. And uh, went back to it tonight because I like it. That's good enough for me. So there's the there's the can for those that if I can find it. I think it's backwards on this camera. There you go. Hey, it looks it looks good though. It looks right yeah. for us. <laughs> it does. You don't need to worry about that. Good. Uh, alcohol uh, five point seven by volume. Twelve ounce can. So you can have a few. I have two down here, so I can have an. I'll, I may have another one later on. Uh, real uh, today quick, blue- uh, I, I just want to tell uh, our listeners, I know I'm usually the guy that uh, reads the YouTube comments, uh, but I'm leaving that to Kurt and Bill this time. Uh, since I'm the one manning the show, uh, I don't want to have too many things running and bogging down my computer uh, speed. So um, 
I apologize, Jimmy, Austin, if you guys are in there, I will not be reading your comments this episode. Well, I'll, I'll take care of it. The, uh, I'll, uh, I, I got it up here. The, um, and, and there's a bunch of, a number of questions so far about uh, uh, Blues play and Bennington and Allen and stuff. So we can, we'll get those in a second. Don't worry about it. Um, today in Blues history, courtesy of the at SDL Blues history tour mm-hmm. accounts, uh, August 19th, 2020. Uh, this is August 19th, 1982. Uh, Blues assistant coach Steve Ott was born on this date, 1982. Uh, he was born in Summerside, Prince Edward Island in Canada. He turns uh, 38 today, drafted in the first round, 25th overall in the 2000 entry draft, had uh, 109 goals, 179 assists, 288 points, uh, 1,555 penalty minutes in his 14-year initial career three of which were spent with St. Louis. He came over in the Ryan Miller trade from Buffalo. Uh, he was Buffalo's captain at the time, I believe. Wasn't that right? He was the captain of Buffalo when he was traded? Yep. Yes. Um, that's, <laughs> that's that's mind-boggling to me. Um, he he was not particularly productive with the Blues. Uh, only three goals, 14 assists in 122 games played. And fans had a love-hate relationship with him here. But for me, I think his best moment with the Blues was his beautiful between-the-legs blind pass to Steen in triple overtime against the Blackhawks in game one of the 2014 Stanley Cup playoffs. That was pretty sweet. It was. I do remember that very well. I thought, he oh, was the, uh, that's <laughs> that's the reason we got the guy, that one pass. For uh, for a few years there, three or four years at least, he was, uh, he was a stud fantasy hockey guy. Because yeah, he, he had a few 20-goal seasons and they put up a ton of penalty minutes. Yeah, he, he was, was playing uh, with uh, Brad Richards or somebody in Dallas, right? That's why he was putting up a ton of points. Yeah, he was he was like the heir apparent to Brendan Morrow, who's yeah. you know back if you used the fantasy default settings in either Yahoo or ESPN, you couldn't get better than Brendan Morrow. And then when hmm. he started the decline of his career, Ott came along and had that two or three season stretch, like you said, and he was just absolutely you know, killer for, for fantasy. Bill, was that, was that Yoel Armia again? Just um, I, I think it was, um, but I, I don't have a good feeling about this now. Um, Cause the Habs were without cut Kaniemi for probably the rest of the playoffs after uh, his stupid fucking hit. So yeah. he, and for uh, anyone yeah, who's wondering what we're talking about, it is two, two right now. Nine thirty-three left in the second between the Canadians and Flyers. I just yeah, turned it Habs on. had a Habs had a one nothing lead. Kotkaniemi, um, uh, Packer Yammy, I think is how you say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> announcer's nightmare um, took a flying leap at Travis Sanheim. Uh, five minute major game misconduct, probably multi game suspension. Uh, and the Flyers scored two goals on the ensuing five-minute power play. Um, but the Canadians have tied it, and it looks like they might be getting an extended power play because Sandheim just uh, put his stick in the face of Jake Evans. So, Are, are you sure you don't pronounce it uh, footy pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the Don Cherry be. pronunciation. <laughs> Packer Yammy. <laughs> Uh, uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have left. That. What? Have we left just the bubble. Did rapid fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have left the bubble. That's a shame. What a shame. A team that was not supposed to be there in the first place has left the bubble. So I can't believe the twelfth seed is already out of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Figured. 
Yeah. Uh, Ralph, Ralph Klassen, uh, 225 games for the Blues, which was half of his career, played played a lot with Federico Sutter and Wayne Babich. Uh, was with the Blues from 79 to 83. He uh, passed away on August 3rd uh, from cancer. Uh, that cancer can be a bitch. Yeah. Um, seems to get everybody sooner or later. Yeah, we're um, we're going to be talking about a player here in a second. Um, obviously, we don't. I don't remember much about Ralph Klassen. I Klassen, Klassen, however you say his name. I, uh, you know, I, I never saw him play before my time, but um, I do know that in Bernie's book he's mentioned a lot. And um, obviously, playing with you know, you have to be some kind of talent to play with Federico Sutter or Babbage. So uh, it's a real shame to see a member of the Blues alumni uh, pass on. But uh, like Kurt said, cancer seems to get us sooner or later. Yep. That's what they say. They say if if you don't die from anything else, you will die from cancer. Yep. Like it, it'll it will get you eventually. So it's that's that's you know that's you know the <laughs> enlightening comment of the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale Howarchuk. Uh, this was you know happened yesterday. Lost his battle with cancer yesterday. Uh, he spent one season with the Blues in ninety five ninety six. Scored uh, thirteen goals, twenty eight assists. In his 66 games played with the Blues, he was traded to Philadelphia late that season for Craig McTavish. Uh, so he was the uh, number one draft pick in the 81 draft, ended up as the leading scorer in the first iteration of the Winnipeg Jets, finished second in the Hart Trophy voting to Wayne Gretzky in 80-45. That's no, uh, no small feat. Uh, he has the record for assists in one period, which is five. And uh, he had six 100-point seasons, including five in a row. Uh, so that was in the high, the high goal production area, era, area, uh, goal seasons with uh, 13th, uh, on the all time scoring list when he retired. So his 1.19 points per game is 12th in NHL history and became a member of the hockey hall of fame in 2001. He was only 57 when he passed away yesterday. Um, Howard Chuck was traded to Buffalo after a long career in Winnipeg. Do you know who Buffalo gave up to get him? Uh, I can tell you, I, 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 I know now. Well, okay, to our listeners, do you know who Buffalo gave up? Buffalo, the shrewd trade masters that we know them as, uh, who they gave up to get uh, Howard Chuck. And Howard Chuck had a nice career with with, with uh, Buffalo, but they gave up Scott Arneal, who had a nice 11-year career, Arneal, uh, Jeff Parker, who didn't last long in the NHL, Phil Housley, who uh, – uh, was a you know hockey hall of famer, a uh, fantastic uh, American born player. Uh, well, Buffalo at, at that time too was a good NHL defenseman. Like he was up oh, and yeah. coming, and they already knew what they were getting in him, and they moved him. And they got Buffalo's 1990 first round draft pick, 19th overall, who ended up being Keith Kachuk. <laughs> so they gave up. They, I mean, they ended up giving up a truckload for uh, for Howard Chuck, which in hindsight probably. Not the best deal for them. Even though Howard Chuck, like I said, had a nice career in Buffalo. Uh, 275 points in 342 games, uh, 34 points in 30 playoff games there. But uh, you give up Phil Housley and the draft pick that gave uh, that war- that brought in Keith Kachuk. Wow. That's, yeah, uh, that's a lot. at that point, uh, obviously, Howard Chuck was kind of on the uh, downhill slide of his career. Uh, but right. but it's funny because when I think of Dale Howard Chuck, what, what team do you guys think of? I think of Buffalo because that's – I mean, obviously, it's easy to say St. Louis, but, you know, obviously you get past that. The team that I remember him with mostly is Buffalo. But that's because both. of my age, I think. 
Well, I th- I think Buffalo because of the video games, right? Because you know yeah. the the Winnipeg Mr. Jets, you know, is Tamu Solani um, and Keith Kachuk were the Jets from the video game era. Um, yeah. But yeah, Howard Chuck was. Uh, I mean, Howard Chuck, Lafontaine, McGillney, uh, great team in NHL '94, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I so this this sucks. Uh, obviously, again, same as. Ralph Klassen to to lose Dale Howard Chuck, a hockey hall of famer, I believe one of the NHL's one hundred, right? Top one hundred. Yes. Um and uh, you know, obviously you can say blues legend. He's one of those guys that you can you Keenan look you look at the rosters the blues could have put together if they were all in their prime. And yeah, Dale oh, Howard man. Chuck, I think, cracks that roster. Uh, I mean a short, no, no short question. Of, yeah, short of like maybe Edmonton, Montreal Maybe Toronto. Uh, man, the Blues are up there as far as like uh, all-time greats coming through. Um, man, they've they've imagine a top fame. line of Gretzky, Howard, Chuck, and Hall with uh, Brodeur and Net, McKinnis and Pronger on D. I, I mean, mean, that's where do you, ridiculous. Where do you, I know, I know. Where do you put Oates? You know, where do you put Turgeon? I mean, where do you put? I mean, man, I mean, God. Even like Glenn I Anderson. I mean, they they I had know. some unbelievable players Tekenen? in their time. Tikkanen, oh, uh, uh, you you put him on a, a blues a blues squad. That has, I guess, that's been done, right? I mean, uh, players have come through the Blues organization and and uh, uh, like in their prime. You know, if you, if you you could have them on your team, just the players that play for the Blues to fill out a roster, uh, that'd be kind of fun to do. I you got it. Done. You got to assume the Blues have one of the best teams when you look at it that way. Um, That's what I'm saying. Just, uh, that... I mean, any any well, yeah, team Gretzky that could say alone. they had Wayne, yeah, even any team that <laughs> say they had Wayne Gretzky and Brett Hall, uh, that's right. that's almost unbeatable. And then Martin Rodor and that, and Grant Fuhr. I yeah, mean, no, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's your that's your goal. I mean, is your goalie tandem? Uh, Grant Fuhrer. Who do you choose? You got Grant Fuhrer. You got Brodeur. You got uh, Jacques Plant. You got Glenn Hall. You got. I mean, uh, and there was a. And there was a. You know. I mean, as far as like all time greats go, I mean that's Jason Bacashua. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, Cash. Yeah, he's in there. Chris Beckford um, Sue. Chris Beckford Sue. Uh, Jablonski. He's in there. Friend of the show, Curtis Sanford. Right. Right. <laughs> um, you know, Brathwaite's in there. Who's your who's your goalie tandem all time in their prime? The players that play for the Blues all time uh, in their prime. Who would you choose as your goalie tandem for the Blues? I I could guess what what Bills is, but I mean, just from I'd have to go just by players I've seen. So for me, I, I'd have to go Fjordbrodor. There's really no wrong answer here. Really, there's not. Yeah, I mean, goalies in their prime would be probably um, not that I ever got to see them play, but I would say um, Glenn Hall and Martin Brodeur. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to not put Brodeur in there, being the all time wins leader. So I, but yeah, uh, but but, but they, you got you Plant can't go wrong with Grant Fuhrer either. Right? No, I know, no, I know, because so many yeah, people say Fuhrer is like Jacques the greatest Mark. ever that play with him, which is funny because. Uh, uh, Fuhr, those who played with Fuhr will say, uh, a lot of them will, a number of them will, will say he's the greatest goalie ever. But, uh, for those that didn't play the game 
or didn't play with him, maybe uh, wouldn't necessarily put him on that list just because they're going by numbers and stuff. Um, but I think, I, I think that a lot could be said for those who actually play with him on the ice. They put him up there. Um, a number of players have said it, uh, that he's the greatest ever, which is which including is, uh, Wayne Gretzky, including Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Um, I, there was a documentary on, uh, uh, NBCSN the other day about, uh, uh the, those top 10 lists and stuff. And there was, they had in interviews with different play, old, uh, retired players and stuff. And yeah, a lot of them said fear was the uh, best ever. Well, let's not, uh, let's not get lost in, in what the main reason of why this came up was, was, was Dale Howard, Chuck, uh, only thing I'll add, I mean, obviously it's, it's sad, you know, you go on Twitter, Facebook, you'll see what everybody's saying. And, um, we are on a bit of a time crunch here, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, uh, obviously sad to see, uh, Dale Howard, Chuck go. I said on Twitter, uh, and, and I a hundred percent, this is a true story, um, I remember he was one of the first, I think he might have actually been outside of Jeff Brown, which is a story I always told. I think he was the first player I went to an autograph signing for outside of uh, Jeff Brown. And um, I remember my dad was taking me and I was like nervous because I'm like, oh, I hope he's not a jerk. Because, you know, I always hear these stories about athletes being jerks. And that was the one that my dad was like, hockey players are the nicest people in the world. You will not meet a nicer group of people, especially professional athletes. And then I met Dale Howard Chuck. And again, I mean, I was a, I was a kid. I was, you know, 10, 11 years old when I met him. And I just was, uh, you know, star-eyed. And even though I barely knew about, you know, his past and how good he actually was at that time, um, he was just a, a genuine dude. Uh, asked me if I played, and and I remember just having a conversation with him, even though there was a hundred people behind me. And then I know my dad said that there was a, a friend of his at the end of the line, and he asked him the next day, "Yeah, you were at the end of the line. You probably didn't get through, right? Because it closed at like nine o'clock." And of course, he was one of those guys that stayed until everybody got an autograph. So, just one of the true nice guys in sports, and and it's a real shame to see him go so early. So uh, I guess uh, heart is just allowing, allowing uh, was it uh, Stetcher type going goals? to tell the neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a deflection off of um, it was off, off of the big Russian defenseman. Yeah, um, okay. but uh, after after uh, the Canadians took the lead, um, Suzuki patted Carter Hart on the head, so I think he got into his head. And uh, uh, so it gives up the next okay. goal, and Brian Elliott is now in net. Chris Frank <laughs> of Blues Hockey Podcast is losing his mind right now. <laughs> uh, is he in net, though? Yeah, that's him. He's in uh, net. Yeah, Elliott's is. going in. Okay. I mean, I uh, guess I'm behind by, 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 I'm guess I'm behind yeah, by they, a minute or so because Hart's still on the ice. Drew Ann is offside. That's coming back. Oh, I, I'm behind on you guys. Yeah, yeah, he's right. Oh, yeah, it looks like he is. Wow. But mm-hmm. Suzuki is dominating this game right now. Yeah, cool. he's, he's he's easily offside. Um, so uh, we got some comments here about the. But that's uh, about that's the actually a really good question. So your goalie just gave up that goal. You've already yanked him, but you're going to overturn it. Do you put the goalie back in? They nope. didn't yank him though, did they? Elliot was putting his helmet on. Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, okay. that's not right. even close. 
No, it's not even close. But they I'd still yank him. Like, he still gave up a, a goal that he shouldn't have given up. Uh, uh, if I'm the Canadians, I crashed the net real fucking fast. I uh, yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was a deflection off of Provorov. Mm. I, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't pull him. He's back in. I wouldn't pull him. Yeah. It's Dan Aykroyd just gave him the attaboy. <laughs> uh, so we got a, a lot of comments in the chat about the about the series and stuff. So we'll uh, we'll 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 get to it here. Uh, round one versus Vancouver. Um, after dropping Vancouver! the first two, Vancouver. <laughs> after dropping the first two games versus Vancouver, the Blues have come back to win the next two. Uh, thank God. Um, mm-hmm. Game one, Vancouver wins this one five to two. Uh, the Canucks, uh, they're 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 going into this series. We knew their power play was going to be tough, um, even though the Blues had a similarly number wise power play during the season. Uh, Vancouver's power play was uh, something to look out for, and they did. They got three power play goals in this game, uh, two goals uh, overall from Horvat. Um, and to be honest, uh, I thought this game was horseshitly called. Uh, as far as officiating goes, I, I'm not, I don't, I mean, like anybody, I get upset and irritated by calls I disagree with, but I, I will rarely like harp and harp and harp on officiating unless it's warranted. I in my opinion. And I think this game was, I thought ticky tack. I think stuff. every game, I mean, I thought the last two ticky have been better. Stuff. The last two have been better. Game three was probably the best officiated. Um, but games one and two and, and yes, even game four, were awful. The, the ticky-tack bullshit calls and on both teams. There was a couple times where Vancouver got a penalty, and I was like, "What? that's mm-hmm. not that. That's a defensive right. play. Like, what are right. you doing? And I would prefer, <laughs> like, and, and not just because I'm a Blues fan and not just because I'm a hockey fan, let them play five-on-five. Five. My favorite part of hockey well, <laughs> is five-on-five five hockey, and it just so happens My- that's what the Blues are best at, too. <laughs> <laughs> mine too but mile yeah my 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 uh, well here here's the deal with 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 and this is always kind of funny that, that my, it's my rally cry too keep it five on five <laughs> keep it five on five uh it's because we dominate five on five <laughs> that's well that's and, part of and the i'll admit too. even back when the blues you know had kachuk turgeon young pronger and mckinnis on the power play and it was pretty much a foregone conclusion they were always going to score uh i I still said, let them play five on five. Let's see five on five hockey. Because to me, that is truly how you determine how, a, what, which team is better. If a team goes out and scores five power play goals and wins sure. five, four, and the other four goals for the other team were scored five on five. That's not a true test of who the better team really was because you develop your plays five on five. You play the game five on five. You know, obviously if you make take stupid penalties that that's a different thing but when you're just calling everything and it's just a special teams battle to me that's not hockey that's not telling you who the real victor of the game really should be well it shows your depth i mean it, it, it i when guess you play five on five you're 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 hopefully a good team is rolling its four lines um and if you're dominating five on five like the blues tend to do uh and they roll their four lines they're a very deep team Top to bottom. So uh, Vancouver's top heavy on their forward lines. Their top line is is very good, uh, probably better than the Blues' top line. We talked about this last week, but uh, but top to bottom, top top uh, top twelve, top four lines. The Blues easily much deeper team. Even, I mean, even without Tarasenko, um, 
And without Barber. So, yeah, but that, yeah. But that first game, I I think that that actually exacerbated the problem. The Blues' fourth line was McEachern and um, yeah. Um, uh, they didn't play a lot. What's what's his name? Right. They um, McEachern, uh, Brower, De- and De- uh, Rose. Yeah, Rose. Brower. Yeah, Delarose. Yeah. I mean, he had he had a couple of opportunities that I think Barbashev would have cashed on. Um, and I think that hurt the blues, but, uh, you know, as a penalty killer, he's good. But when, you know, there are so many penalties to kill, um, you don't get McEachern out there, you don't get Brower out there and then you roll them out there and, uh, lose the matchup real fast. It, I just thought that, that, that led to the parade, you know, or, uh, you know, kind of contributed to the parade of the penalty box. And, uh, I don't know, it, it, I didn't like our matchup in the first game at all. Um, I, this first game, I thought, you know, okay, this is a tie game uh, five minutes into the third period. So it was 2-2. Um, and up until, you know, the Vancouver scored first in this game. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was midway through the first period, something like that. Um, I thought the, uh, the Blues uh, didn't play well at all. Uh, up until that goal. I thought when that goal happened, the Blues uh, played much better in this game. Uh, not that they played great, uh, but I thought the, I, honestly, I thought the Blues had the better of this, the better of the play for the most part during this game. Um, and then, but they, they just, they, they couldn't solve Markstrom uh, enough. And, uh, and Bennington lets in, you know, that, that, uh, uh, that weak one. Yeah. That this, the Stetcher goal. I, I, uh, Man, yeah. I, that was that was five minutes into the third period when Stetra scored on Bennington, um, and that kind of just killed me. I was like, and, and yeah. going into the third period was interesting because the Blues' third periods up to this point in the round robin had been god awful, and so and they came out in the third period playing very well. And I'm like, okay, the, the, I mean they've and five minutes in we're playing really good in the third. I honestly felt like we were going to win this game because we came out good in the third. We were getting some chances. I thought we're going to win this game. We're getting some chances and we're playing well. And then, uh, Setra scores and then, uh, they get the letdown, uh, in, in front where they score again a few minutes later. And it's like, that's it. Um, and it just sucked. So I, I thought this was a game. The blues, mm-hmm. we lost five to two. I made a comment on Twitter that uh, you could argue the blues had the better play overall in this game. Um, but, it, but Vancouver was opportunistic in their chances and they had some power play goals and that was the difference. And Bennington didn't make the big save. I thought, yes, exactly. I thought the Blues overall, as the game went on, they got better and better and better. And what, like you said, when the third period started, it was, okay, this is the third period Blues we know. Like last season, well, I mean this season, and uh, the playoffs last year, they were a third period team. And so they came out firing, and it was, okay, this is, this is, Ruby was right. They flipped the switch. They're ready to go. And then that weak-ass goal goes in on Biddington. And how many times have we said when a weak goal goes in on Jake Allen, how deflating it is, and how that's why Jake Allen is not a starting goalie. And I'm not saying that about Biddington yet, but I'm just saying that's the kind of goal that cannot go in on your goaltender. You can't do it in a playoff game. And when it happens in a tie game, you're just it's deflating and and I'm and I'm not fully blaming Bennington the Blues sometimes you you oh. expect the team no 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 on the goal yes I am blaming Bennington I, I, but I'm saying but I'm saying as a team 
as a team, they need to step up after that happens and bail out their goalie and go get another goal. And we said the same thing about when Allen would do it. You got to you gotta get past it, and you just got to motor past it and score another goal, make it even, and then it's a whole new game again. They just they could never find that next gear after that goal. It deflated them way too much. Yeah, in that. To be fair, for to be fair, Bing, that was that was really the first time in his career, right? In, in since his his call up last year, that he gave up what was a deflating goal, right? Yeah, a lot of time, you know, maybe he's given up a tying goal that you're like, eh. but to give to give that goal away, um, which is I think the best way to put it. Um, you know, that I, I don't think you can say anything, but it, but call it deflating. Um, you know, the, the team just seemed shocked by it. Didn't know how to react because, you know, here's the guy that, you know, put us on his back and carried us most of last year and, uh, he faltered. So, you know, I think that was a bit of a shock. Um, and to clarify, so we had a bit of a Twitter conversation after the next game and, uh, Horvat's overtime goal where you said you thought I would call it a leaky goal. The I, was, well, goal I was, well, I was, okay. Well, okay. I get you. I, I, I was just talking about going five. Cause somebody said to beat him five hole. I thought the, the Stetcher goal was a much worse goal than the, than the overtime goal. I, oh, but, yes. Uh, as far as, but yeah, I, I, I was just referring to as going through a goalie. And how uh, maybe I misunderstood the, when you use the term leaky, but yeah, no, it, it's it the uh, the Horvat overtime goal uh, was I think at that point uh, Bennington's confidence had taken a hit, and he was uh, doing what Jake Allen typically does on a breakaway and still backing in when the shot was released. Yeah, I uh, well, you know the the Stetcher goal. I, I, we've we've that's a goal that we've. Uh, you know, and when Allen had his struggles of, for a couple of years uh, and th- those kinds of things were going in on him rather you know, too frequently, um, and we'd call him out and it's a shit goal and we get pissed off. And, 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 uh, and, and that went to, the, I mean, we're, we are realists and, and, and fair people on this show. Um, and God forbid, if anybody uh, calls us Allen haters or, or Bennington fanboys, um, but I think we're more realists than anything, but uh, uh, that was a shit goal. And I was pissed. Um, he's got to have it. Uh, there's no, there's no other, there's no sugarcoating anything. You can't, uh, you can't make excuses for him at all. It's a terrible goal. And, uh, you could argue it cost us a game in the playoffs. Um, it did. Uh, and it was, and it was a hundred percent on him. It was, it's it was not much of an yeah. argument. No, no, I'm just saying, like Jeff said, you want the team to rebound and rally around that, but they didn't do it. Um, but again, that was, that was the reason. And it was, it was on Bennington. So it, it um, completely changed the flow of the game. The, the Blues sure. just all of a sudden, it was like they, again, this is what we saw back when, when Jake Allen let in those weak goals before Bennington came up and Allen turned his game around. It was that goal would go in and you'd say, well, they're done. And that's, and, and at this point, again, that was a leaky, bad goal. But at this point, it was still, well, they're the Blues. They'll bounce back. They always do. They've been a bounce back team since Bennington's come up. And they just – they never found their game again. And that's do, an issue. You know uh, what? Do you, do you know ahead. what? I, okay. So I was going to say that uh, after that – after uh, uh, Bennington allowed that goal, the Stetcher goal, um, y- you saw a number of people, you know who they are, say 
and you you see this comment every now and then, boy, if Allen had allowed that goal, you'd never, people and fans had never let him hear the end of it. And uh, I am like, you know what? Fuck you. That is not, I'm serious. That is the, the people that say that kind of a thing. They don't understand the, 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 the entire situation. The reason why Allen would catch so much flack after that kind of a goal is because that kind of thing happened to him often and, and people were tired of it. Um, and they wanted to move on from Allen basically. Uh, but they kept putting him out there and they kept seeing the sets of goals too frequently for him. So now when Bennington allows this goal, yeah, it's a shit goal. It's a terrible goal. You can't let it in, but that's not typical Bennington. So he, and, and the reason why Allen got the start in game three is because Bennington wasn't playing typical like himself. And, uh, I, I was of the opinion in game three that I thought, you know what? I think you go back to Bennington. I, I'm, uh, I, I would have, I, I, I said this online. I was like, I think, I think he's the kind of goalie that, that that's pissed off and is going to come back with a strong game three. Uh, and we'll get to that a little bit, a little bit, but that didn't happen. And it was the right call to not, to not go that way. Um, yeah. And I, it, the way that I always look at it is, and again, nothing, I mean, Jake Allen, since J- Jordan Bennington's come up for the most part has been an elite goalie again. Uh, sure. what, what we've been wanting since he came here to St. Louis and, uh, I, and, and, the way that I've always looked at it is Jake Allen is a guy who's going to go with the flow of the team. If the blues aren't playing well, Jake Allen's probably not going to play well. If the blues are playing at the top of their game, Jake Allen's playing at the top of their game. Jordan Bennington, which is why he anointed himself as the starter last year was because it didn't matter how well the blues were playing. He would still go out and play a great game and pitch a shutout or, give up one goal on 35 shots or something like that. And it was, oh, wow, like this guy, it doesn't matter how good the Blues are doing. He figures out a way to still play his game. And that's the difference between the two goalies at typically uh, up until, you know, probably this playoff, honestly. Uh, And obviously we saw a, a change here in games one, two, three, and four. But that's how it's been. And that's why people have kind of clung on to Bennington, I think, because he's a guy who's going to play his A game as much as he can, no matter what, and he's proven that he can do it time and time again. And if he has a bad game, he's going to bounce back the next game and be just fine. That's the difference between the two. And But, uh, hey, you know what? Again, we'll get to it in a second here, but Jake Allen has proven that he's not that guy anymore, at least at this point. Bob Rakowski in YouTube chat says, I was afraid to move while watching the first game because I was afraid they'd call a penalty on me. There's <laughs> <laughs> your comment of the show. Good job, Bob. <laughs> like that. Uh, Jimmy Anderson uh, is commenting on the uh, Jeff Brown conversation before. And out of context, this, this comment is kind of funny in the chat just by itself. Jeff Brown was an awesome dude. <laughs> <laughs> just a random comment. Yeah. Just uh, no, he was. That's kind of funny. Jeff Brown is an awesome dude. He still lives in yeah. St. Louis. You ever see him out? He is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, too. And if you have a chance, to, if you haven't checked out uh, Jeff's interview with Jeff Brown uh, during the uh, uh, Past to the Future series on Let's Go Blues Radio, uh, check that out. It's a great interview. Good stuff. He's a he's a great guy. I've gotten I've met him a couple times over the years, and uh, truly a, a great hockey mind and a super nice guy and a guy who likes to have fun too. He's a he's a he's a joker. He's a good dude. 
Uh, Austin Lynch says, uh, I think of Winnipeg when uh, thinking of uh, Howard Chuck. Austin, really? He's young. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Good for you. A, maybe he's a hockey historian. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, let's see. Austin Lynch says, at this point, I think we start Allen every game till he needs a break. Um, and there's a little discussion, uh, a few people saying uh, about, uh, do you start Allen in, in the next series? Uh, <laughs> looking ahead to the next series already. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those in a second. So, uh, so game two, um, after that first game, which, you know, again, mixed feelings after the blues played well, they didn't get the goaltending. They didn't get the result they wanted. Uh, game two, kind Man, of a similar I, real quick. I just want to add that enterprise crowd was really quiet. <laughs> uh in game one <laughs> i was disappointed in them in game two yeah i was too what the hell guys come on yeah. i mean you win a cup everything else is like first round's like eh. yeah Who's whatever it? it's nothing short for that person it's not the final uh so the game two vancouver wins this one four to three in overtime this this one hurt uh, uh you know down okay being down three to one in the third period um and again playing a game where they had the better of the play. Um, they did, again, couldn't beat Markstrom. Wasn't getting a big save from Bennington. And not that any of the goals in this game were terrible against him, but you know, a couple of these goals that he, he typically makes the saves on, I, it, it, but uh, not, I wouldn't call them soft. Maybe you guys disagree, but uh, I, I thought they were, there was a couple that were savable, but the issue yeah. the blues had in games one and two, especially and, and a little bit in game three, which, Allen came up huge in that game um, was they so Vancouver, their rush is ridiculous. I mean, everybody who's watched the series knows they're a quick team, especially their top six. Every one of those guys can motor and they're just getting past the blues defense. Uh, Justin Falk had a couple terrible plays that led to some breakouts and some, some odd man rushes uh, and not just him. I mean, there was, uh, obviously, Pareko and Scandella had a terrible moment. I think that was, was that game three when they ran into each other, uh, which yeah. we'll get to. But, I mean, they the, the defense, and, and, and it includes the forwards that are supposed to back check, uh, was just allowing way too many odd man rushes. And But the problem is, between this year and last playoff, Bennington was coming up with those saves. They would come in, they'd make a big chance, and then all of a sudden Jordan Bennington was coming up with the save. This year, he wasn't. And, and um, you know, yeah, it's a little frustrating because, again, you do, as much as you want your team to bail out your goalie, you want your goalie to bail out your team. And he wasn't doing it. And and that, to me, was the difference between, and again, I'm not, we, we will all agree on the show. We are all happy with Jake Allen. We love Jake Allen. If he keeps playing this same way, don't take him out of the net. It's his crease to lose at this point. But, Back when Jake Allen was a starter and we were complaining about Allen as the starter, he was allowing weak goals. I don't think Bennington has played that weak. It's just he's no. not making the giant saves that he was making in the past, and that's the difference. And that's yeah. why when I see people bitching about Bennington, oh, he's been terrible, he's been terrible. No, he's been fine. He's making the saves he's supposed to make. He's just not coming up with the monster saves like we saw in Game 7 last year against Boston. Uh, we're just not seeing him make those saves, and that's a big difference in his game. 
Well, I I think we saw it in the first period of game one. I thought Vancouver came with a huge push, um, mm-hmm. you know, and Bennington played very well. I thought, I thought, you know, he, he had almost had a, a repeat of the, the save that he made on Nordstrom. Um, but after that, he just, he seemed to be giving up the, the goals that, you know, uh, Allen would typically give up when he was in his implosion periods. It's like, it, I mean, it, not to say that he was playing as bad as Allen when Allen, you know, completely forgot how to goalie. Uh, but <laughs> he, it's like they inverted roles and it's great to have that. And I think, you know, I had, uh, you know, a bit of uh, back and forth with uh, the uh, ultimate uh, Allen, um, non-fan in uh, Mr. Blue's hat. Uh, and oh. I, I think at the end of the day, the, you know, my, my thought is, you know, as blues fans, you can't be married to one guy, right? We, we need to be no. Mormon here. We need to be polygamous. You can't, you can't, can't say I'm going with this guy because he's the guy that's done it the entire time. You go with the guy that's getting it done when you need it done, right? You know, it, it. You just can't. You can't say, you know, that uh, Bennington should walk because they decided that uh, Jake Allen, uh, you know, should get a start. Jake, Jake stabilized this team and gave us a chance to win. He's it, until I see Jake Allen sliding three feet out of position, I think he's the guy that goes. Right, he he is not giving me any any sniff you, of that kind of goaltending. No, and not at all. I, and and let's I, let's be let you just go with them. Let, let's let's keep things in perspective here too with Bennington. Uh, we're talking about you know Bennington allowing these Jake Allen type goals when Allen forgot how to goalie, which is I like that term. But uh, but it, it and let let's let's kind of step back a second here. It's been two games for Bennington. I, I thought he played. I mean that Colorado game in their own Robin. I thought he was fantastic. Um, I, I, it's, so it's been two games. Granted, it's playoffs, much bigger stage. Everything's magnified and amplified, and everything counts as like three games during the regular season, right? So, uh, but uh, so, but it's in two games. So, I mean, it's not like uh, he's done. Um, I know there are some allen fans out there that are like uh chomping at the bit all right now it's allen's turn uh bennington's done um i i don't first and i don't get that attitude whatsoever Uh, rooting for one guy over another guy on On your your team team you're rooting for yes yeah why would you why would you i mean uh, yeah okay i'm okay so i'm not saying that that the allen fanboys out there are rooting actively against Bennington. I don't think that's happening. I think think some are. I I think when Bennington falters and and allows a goal that maybe he should have had, which every goalie allows from time to time, that a soft goal, um, you hear the comments. Oh, if Allen would allow that goal, you know, everybody would be over. Like they're on the same level. You know what I mean? Like like Allen won a cup too. Um, Like like Allen has done what Bennington has done in his short, short, uh, uh, tenure in the NHL, they're not the same hmm. right now. I mean, Allen, Allen has been great. He's been great this season, like you said, Jeff. Since uh, Bennington came up, 
Allen's been fantastic. His role on this team where he excels is as a backup. And this is his role as a backup right now is to provide relief when the number one isn't getting it done. So as, and then as soon as time determines when it's time for Bennington to get the net back, which it will eventually sooner or later, um, whether it be, I think it's game to game with Allen. Uh, if Allen, if Allen, if we lose next game, whew, I mean, you've got a decision to make, um, depending on how Allen looks. Did he have some bad goals? Did we lose two to one in overtime? Did he, did he play great? Um, then what do you do? So this is going to, I mean, this is, this is great discussion, fantastic debates that can be had with this stuff. But, uh, it's, I mean, let's say, let's say we lose two to one in overtime tonight. Uh, who do you go in game six? Oh, it's, it depends on the goals. That's, That's what I'm saying. And if the goals are good goals, do you go back to Bennington? I just I, – If I, they're good goals, it's it's a debate. If they're not good goals, and it's definitely it's Bennington. Tough. It's tough. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. But uh, And really, yeah. it's actually – we have two solid goalies, I mean, when they're both playing well. So it's this season especially. And, and I'll say that uh, you look at a team like Boston who uh, lost to Karask um, – to you know, and Yaroslav Halak's played good enough to win. Obviously, they won their series today, but um, I bet if Boston was like, I wish we could get a goalie performance like we saw out of Jordan Bennington those first two games, because again, he played fine. I don't think he played bad. For anybody who said he played bad, watch it again. Watch both those games because he was not bad. He just no. again wasn't. I mean. Jay, uh, Yaroslav Halak for Boston, to make that comparison, he let in a lot of weak holes. And, and you know, go ahead and watch the, the condensed games over there on NHL.TV and tell me those goals were not weak. Almost every one that he gave up. He, he played great. He made some great saves, but he let in some weak ones. And compare those to what Jordan Bennington gave up in losses, and Bennington looked better than what Yaroslav Halak did. It's just the difference was the Bruins I, are putting the puck in the back of the net. The only thing, like I said, right. is the Stetcher goal. The Stetcher goal kind of makes the yes. whole thing yes. shit. I mean, you know what I mean? Bad that, goal. That, that, yeah, the bad, that bad goal and then a couple of ones where it's like, oh, man, when he's on, he has that one. Um, kind of – I mean, he, he wasn't what he should have been. But he wasn't, he wasn't yeah, like god-awful either. No, I, but I think it also it cost him his confidence because I I didn't particular particularly think that he looked confident in net in game two, right? And like I said, um, Horvat came in with a lot of speed on the the overtime winner, but Bennington from last year, he well, sets himself. He, yeah, when, he when makes Horvat, that save when Horvat yeah. hits the top of the circles. Bennington's going to set himself and he was still backing up when, uh, when Horvat let that go. Um, you know, it, it, I, I think it, it was a matter of confidence. And, and I think that, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that at the end of the day, the, if I were, if I were Ruby um, to back up the conversation a little bit, if, if the blues lose this game two to one in overtime, uh, using your hypothetical, I'm going to go back to Bennington. Uh, in the next game. Um, and I'm not going to say, you know, Jake, this was on you. Uh, we just want to change it up again. But the second that Bennington yeah. gives up another stature like goal, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, we, you know, we're, we're going back to the guy that won us the two games. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, 
don't I, marry yourself to one fucking yeah, goalie. I agree. And I, and I think we're in, in waters now where, where with, with both goalies, especially Alan, it's uh it's goal by goal. It's, it's, it's play by play. It's, it's scenario by scenario uh, based on if you want to remove him and put Bennington back in, it's, I mean, you, I mean, it, it's all eye test stuff too. You can tell if he's not playing the way he should be or, or needs to be. Uh, like you said, uh, Bennington looks shaky. He looked shaky on a, on a read on a, was it a redirection? Uh, he couldn't find it and it uh, just trickled wide. Um, probably should have found it, um, quicker than he did. So he was, he wasn't seeing the puck like he should have. Um, but to be honest, that the, the, the overtime winner for Vancouver in game two, uh, we can talk about the, the, what led up to that goal was the, the breakdown in the offensive zone. Right. Yeah. But Petro and, and Gunnarsson and and running. Yeah. Yeah. And And Shen covering on the point. And Shen was covering the point and he didn't, did not see Horvat at all, which, you know, it's Shen. I mean, it's a a forward playing at the point on the, on the fence. So, but my, my whole criticism with this in an overtime game, right? (laughs) Well, I, I think he was, I mean, he was floating between the points. I think the camera picked him up. Uh, when he was like ten feet outside the blue line and like tapping his stick, and Shen's ten feet inside the blue line, I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And yeah. then Petro's still in this high slot, and Gunnarsson's like on the left point with his thumb up his ass, just like, well, "I'm just." <laughs> so, but why am I out here on the power play? When I, I I'm re, I'm rewinding this play and I'm watching this and I'm like I'm breaking it down in my mind. I'm like, "What the hell happened? How did this happen?" So you got Petro and, and Tarasenko collide behind the net. Petro goes down, gets up, kind of skates back in front of the goal in the slot, and he hangs out in the slot. And Shen's covering right point. Gunnarsson has slid over left point, so he's just hanging over there. And Shen's not a defenseman, and he's not playing high on the point. He's in a little bit. Um, and Shen's talk, uh, trying to almost knock down or block this outlet pass to to uh, Horvat, who's who's way behind Shen, instead of turning around and hauling ass the other way. And then Petro is and Gunnarsson are both behind the play. They can't catch him. So to me, it's a breakdown on, I don't know what Petro was doing. I mean, he should have been, he, he was way too slow to get back to the point. I, I'm like, what are you doing? He's just gliding backwards slowly in the slot. I'm like, dude. Um, and then Shen, obviously, if you're going to be a forward, you can, I mean, criticize him only so much, I guess, but uh, he's got to play that better too. And Gunnarsson is like, ah, yeah. I don't know, I, I, whatever. It, it, was, it was a breakdown completely well, between those three guys. But I, you know, I thought that that's what Vancouver did really effectively in the, uh, you know, not, not just the breakaway aspect of it, but the first two games and Petro basically said this after the last game, you know, the, the neutral zone play by the blues, right. That play, you know, is, is you know, busted coverage at the top of the uh, top of the zone. But Vancouver was using that left wing to generate all their speed the entire series, those first two games. And getting to game three, the Blues did a much better job of cutting out that option. And, you know, by game four, it was almost like it didn't exist. So, you know, go back and watch those first two games. How much speed did Vancouver generate into the blue zone on the left wing boards through the neutral zone? Hey it, guys, uh, my only, the only thing I have to add here is this. Vancouver! <laughs> I am Ivan Hrvatska! You're, you're going to get us flagged on YouTube <laughs> for playing that. Um, yeah. Kurt, you don't give, you don't give me the power. Because this this is the kind of stuff I'll do. <laughs> I I did that like what three or four years ago. 
and uh, and I and yeah, we got we got dinged yep. <laughs> from playing copyrighted content on the show. Fucking YouTube can't play ten seconds of a song. Are you guys? Um, uh, you guys ready to talk positive now? Can we talk positive? Let's talk some positive. Let's talk. Uh, positive. Right, let's talk about game well, three. So after you know, in the first two games, Vancouver went five for nine on the power play, which is like insane, ridiculous, you know, and that yeah. that had to be cleaned up. And losers taking too many too many penalties. Um, and uh, so game three that uh, that changed. Only four penalties were called in this game. Um, and of course, Vancouver fans are crying like babies. <laughs> Uh, not all of them. I don't want to call. I'm not going to call all Vancouver fans babies, but man, there were some vocal ones on social media that really just like, oh my god. And I was like, you know what? I and, and I looked up an article. You know, the, the ten most annoying fans in hockey, and I think Vancouver was two or three. <laughs> yeah. So I I think they have a reputation. Uh, which, oh, I, I remember the uh, the conversations that came with uh, the 2011 final. That uh, those were the oh, two god. whiniest fan bases. Facing yeah. off in the final. And what happened when Vancouver lost? They tore their city down. So the the We did the, get that, that great picture though. Do you remember that yeah, picture? The, the the couple? The kiss in the middle oh, of the yeah, street. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was they were laying down, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. they were laying yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty great. Uh so yeah, game three. Uh this was uh three to two win overtime. Uh Tarasenko's uh, out in this game. Kairou's in. And speaking of overtime, previous game we didn't talk about that tying, that fantastic fucking tying goal by by uh, 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 Schwartz to end the game. Uh, oh the yeah, that was oh. seven seconds to go. My daughter said. Uh, my daughter said uh, it reminded her of when I how I reacted when Maroon scored against the Stars in double overtime. So uh, I oh you know, we lost that, our minds. We made our kids oh cry. yeah. I was like seven seconds ago. You gotta be kidding me. They score on what was likely their very last chance and they got it. So anyway, uh, game three. I'm interrupting with the picture from Vancouver for those of you watching on YouTube. Looks like he's feeling her up right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, wasn't it was that, a little bit rapey. Wasn't that staged though? Didn't they, didn't they, come they say it was. Yeah. They planned it or something. Okay. Anyway. So, uh, Tarasen goes out for game three. So there's speculation what happened, um, which he hadn't done much in the series anyway. So, I mean, but they're not missing, I mean, any goal production that he had produced. Um, but the potential. But it was like making a trade. It was like, it wasn't making a trade. trade. Uh, It was the worst trade in blues history or something. Uh, Kairou's in, uh, which I was actually before this game, I actually, I said, I want to see Bennington in. I wanted to see, uh, 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 Bartuzzo in for, uh, for uh, and see, for and see, that's too. that right there is the issue. Is one hundred percent Bortuzzo? You want to improve your penalty kill? How many block shots did Bortuzzo have in the penalty yeah. kill the last three, four years since he came to the sure. Blues? So that would have been a huge help. But the problem is, you're not going to sit Justin Falk because of how much he makes, which is sad. It's, right. it's just that, not going to happen. That's sad. Because right. that complete that and, instantly bumps down all of his trade cred, all of it. Yeah, I mean Edmondson yeah. had had the they got sat too, and we got Falk for him. So, did you guys know that Edmondson outscored Falk this year? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't compare. Not, that doesn't surprise me. Not, Edmondson had twenty points. Falk had sixteen. Falk was terrible. Not surprised by that. But but he also had the, you know, he was the third line defenseman because of who right. was playing. That's true. That's true. Right? Different responsibilities and everything too. I get it. Yeah. But uh but 
Yeah, no, I mean, going into that game, I was I was the one leading the charge for, you know, put Bortz in because yeah, me too. I I mean, would, honestly, would that was that was the a playoff lineup for the games that Edmonton sat last year or Ed, Edmonton Edmondson sat last year during the playoffs. We would have had basically the same lineup rolling out there. Um, and, you know, so it made sense to me. But then Dustin Falk just had to go and show up, right? Yeah. That was, and it's funny because early in this game, I said on Twitter, I said, Justin Falk needs a big goal. He needs something to win fans over because the first two games, he wasn't good. No. Um, he was a typical Justin Falk from the season where he's like, he's a whipping boy. He's, he's flubbing passes. Well, and, he's mishandling pucks. And that sucked too because, like, we talked about, I think, on this show – he wasn't terrible in the round robin. He was one of the the better blues, honestly. So they it was were, yeah. okay. Maybe the blues go into playoffs kind of stutter stepping a bit, but at least Justin Falk's on his game. And that it's just fun. was not the case for the first two games. It's funny when 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 Falk has a good shift or two or three or half a good game, uh it gets pointed out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it <laughs> does. Like, Whoa, Falk's playing well. Hey, look at yeah. this. Um but well, uh, it 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 struck me as you know when he he stepped up in game three and had a decent game four that it it's like he, you know having him on the third pairing may be doing him a disservice because he's afraid to step up and be a leader because he's got you know Petrangelo the captain and Pareko the you know who a lot of people have have thought would be leadership material in the future in front of him. But, you know, he stepped up and he he played like a leader in game three. And, you know, if it weren't for him, the Blues had I, – I really don't think the Blues win game three. There was uh, – when he scored his first goal of the season, I can't remember what game that was, but I know it was kind of late in the year. It took a while. I remember later in that game just watching him and being like, oh, man, he's he's stepping into the play. He's part of the offense. He's – not turning the puck over like he's playing way more confident and it was the same thing in this game he scores that goal all of a sudden he's he's down on the goal line he's going behind the net with the puck and not losing it and he's making a clearing pass that's right on the tape to somebody all of a sudden his game turned around and that is uh my wife asked me who I have disliked more in their blues tenure uh, uh, Eric Brewer or Justin Falk? And my answer oh. was, well, it's got to be Eric Brewer. One, he was here a lot longer. But I'm like, he just, he never gave me hope. I never believed Eric Brewer was going to improve his game. Justin Falk, I see glimpses of what he can be. And it's just, this dude, I can see why he was so highly touted and why Doug Armstrong made the big move to get him. It's just so few and far between that he has games like that. If he can find a way to just be confident and play that way, the way he did in game three all the time, that's an all-star defenseman right there. Okay. We we got to get moving here because we're, we're about 50 minutes yeah. from game from. Ah, so. Well, puck drop 945. We could probably go to yeah. about 935. All right. No, so, uh, I, I'd say let's get moving. So little breaking <laughs> news here. Don't know if you guys have seen this on Twitter. But uh, guess who's singing the national anthems tonight? Charles Glenn. Charles Glenn. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Wow. Is it recorded or is it live? 20, 
uh, he tweeted 20 minutes ago. Um, cool. and, uh, yeah, he, apparently he's, he's doing it. Uh, he recorded it. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a recording studio at home and he's been working on it. So cool. Awesome. Yeah. That, I think that they're all a little emotional boost. They're all pre-recorded. So, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, we talked about how good Allen has been for uh, in for Bennington this game in Game Three, uh, three two overtime win. Uh, I mean, Allen was was great, the solidifying force that the Blues needed, making the saves that he should. Uh, granted, the Blues did uh, play better in their own zone; they allowed less high danger chances as well. So, uh, even though Allen traditionally has been pretty good, actually in high danger chances, just uh, he struggles in the uh, the mid, mid the mid range chances uh, that chances so uh but uh, uh fox scores uh prong gives the blues their first lead of the series on a, on a, on a great bad angle shot over mark from shoulder after a pass from o'reilly um which you know prawn i mean l- light years better player than he was when he was with us the first time around uh he's he's i mean especially in the playoffs i mean the guy is just relentless uh and <laughs> and you you really hope and you're not sure how it's gonna work out but you hope that he's not exposed <laughs> against against vegas but we'll see he's got another year yet to go with the blues um uh, Pedersen scores like 30 seconds later after the blues had their first lead of the series uh so it was short-lived um after scandal and preco collided inside the blue line turned the puck over just a bad sequence um great shot by Pedersen. again this is an example of the vancouver canucks being opportunistic and their chances so far in the series you know they tied the game up at two uh, on a chance that really should have never materialized, and they they buried it. Yeah, and that's that's something that that's been driving me crazy. And and I said this, I think after that goal, and maybe maybe it was even after that. I don't remember, but but the fact that the Blues had to work so hard to get every goal, and I'm not taking anything away from Vancouver. They're a hell of a hockey team, and they're going to be good for a long time. But um, as long as they keep this this core together, but yeah, that's the kind of play you see happen. And you just throw your hands up like, what the hell? Hopefully the goalie comes up with a big save here. And obviously it was just a perfect shot from Pedersen. Uh, don't blame Allen at all on that one. And it was just, even though a you certain, don't. I, I was going to say, even though does. a certain fan of the show <laughs> who wears a beret uh, would disagree, I don't blame him at all for that. That was a, that was a great shot. Great shot. Great I mean, shot. you can't, you, I mean, I, I mean, Allen was on his angle. You can't cover every inch of the net as a goalie. He found he looked and saw a hole and he put it there. And that's yeah, I mean, that's and, what and a Mark sniper Strum does. Gives up that goal. Markstrom's a- got Allen by by six inches, and Markstrom gives up that goal. It was pretty accurate. I'm not sure anybody gives up. I'm not sure anybody stops that goal. I mean, because because as a goalie, you're he did exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, you I mean, you make the shooter hit a post and go in. You make him make the perfect shot. And that was I, I tell you, I tell you who makes that save a bad goalie. You know why? Because, position. because they're out of position and they, it's just, I've always said that whenever I play against a bad goalie, I always put it right in their chest because I'm shooting yeah. for how I think they'll react. And I always with a bad goalie, I just, I can't, you know, I who makes that figure it out. <laughs> Jacques Plant makes that save because he was a stand up goalie. That's true. <laughs> He would not. Have, he would not have been down. He would have been up. So any any stand up goalies probably make that save, but no goalie today makes that save. Agree. So I, no, I mean, and, I, and I, I was I, gonna say that that's Vancouver mm-hmm. being opportunistic. And again, I'm not taking away anything from them. 
They they are yeah. finding holes in the Blues game, and they are capitalizing every single time, even though the Blues are dominating. play. Even at this point, I, I think uh, at the start of game four, maybe it was the start of game three, Darren Pang made a comment about how the Blues' offensive pressure was like double in in, in zone time yeah. what the Canucks were. It's just the, the Canucks the, were capitalizing on every opportunity they got. And five on five, the Blues have owned. If you look at any, any, uh, was it uh, uh, Statica or what's the Corsica stats, whatever the hell the name of the site is. Um, you look at the five on five, five on five comparison, the graphs. Oh my God. The, the, the Blues are dominating five on five. Even in games one and two, they had the edge five on five in games they lost. So the Blues have owned the Canucks overall in this series, five on five. Oh, owns. 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 <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and this goes to overtime. Shen scores in a breakaway goal, which, you know, fan fucking tastic on a blind backhand breakout pass from O'Reilly, which intentional or not, whatever, it was amazing. Uh, and that caused Bill to win the uh, Bucci overtime challenge. Congrats, Bill. <laughs> <On Twitter. laughs> I, you know, I didn't get a retweet though. That's, that's the thing that bothered me. I showed you guys the DM. Right, but you I, did, I didn't get a retweet. Yeah, I, I, I the minute you said that, the first thing I did was hop on Butchie's uh, uh, Twitter, and I did not see a retweet. I'm like, what? Right. He, he said he won, right? He did, yeah, he didn't retweet anybody for like 30 minutes because he was doing a show when oh, that happened. Okay, so he he can't so, do two things at um, once. Come I, on, I yeah, tweet I will, while we uh, do a show. Will, what a pussy. <laughs> but you don't do it in makeup though or do that's you? true well no i maybe you tell me <laughs> no, I will, uh, uh, it, depending on what i win if i win a tank i'm okay. not wearing it breaking uh, on air but if i get a hat I, I'll, I'll wear it on air next week breaking news apparently in the youtube chat i haven't checked twitter or the or the or the feeds from the uh, reporters but uh barbershop's in tonight yeah um yep. And uh, Allen's in. Allen's in. Uh, let's see. The fourth line is Barbashev with De La Rose and Cairo. Like so it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I did, some energy, but he wasn't effective. Yeah, he's out. Sunquist did, was on that line, right? Well, they wouldn't have scratched him. Sunquist was moved up. No, Sunquist has been playing with. Um, yeah, he's moved up. Uh, he's been playing with uh, Perron and O'Reilly. Yeah. So why uh, am I? Because people, people are saying that uh, Thomas should have had his spot. I'm but. drawing a blank here then. Who's out then? McEachern. McEachern. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. McEach- or, or as Kelly would say, McEachern. 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 <laughs> um, okay, I, so about game three, because we need to get mm-hmm. into game four. Uh, the only thing I'll add is, uh, uh, like Bill uh, Kurt says here in, in our document we share, the whistles were put away. Um, and that is – that's how the Blues are going to win. And, and, again, I think that's why last – year game uh the the stanley cup final went to seven games was because they started calling everything and it was just the the bruins power play just score score because that's the only way that team wins games sorry bruins fans it's the truth and so you know when that happens the blues play five on five better than anybody in the nhl so when the whistles are put away nobody beats them and that's exactly what happened in this game and the Blues capitalized. They played a great game. They got back to their game and winning in overtime off a, a Braden Shin goal, which a guy who there's nobody else in the roster that deserved a goal more than that guy. He had an unbelievable game and could not solve Marstrom, put in plenty of hits well, throughout the night. 
and it just so you know, good. And, and the fact that he was able to get the game winner, that thrust the Blues into playing Blues hockey into game four. Uh, so going into game four, then uh, Allen is back in net in game four, which uh, upset some people. Um, I was fine with it. Back. I was, no, I was too. I, I said say three of us. I think we're we're good with it. You got to. I mean, I'm I'm not. Yep. I'm just go with the hot hand. See him. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Allen was good, and the team played even, well in front of him. Even if Bennington and Allen played the exact same, I would say go with the goal that just won you a game, your first yeah. game in the tournament. And again, this is not Allen taking over the number one. He's it's just ebbs and flows of goaltending. That's the way it works. Uh, their best game of the series, probably the Blues in this game, uh, game four. Allen Strong again. O'Reilly scores. This is O'Reilly's game, really. Uh, he scores after a shot off the end boards from Petro. Bad angle for a lefty, but he buried it. Um, Panger thought it was a set play. Uh, talked about it in the game, but uh, in the post game interviews, Petro said it was not. Um, he was looking for a tip on the shot. The only puck yeah. that got by Allen was a nice reduction from a point shot uh, against him all game. So that was, he played strong. Yeah. Great tip by JT Miller. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. O'Reilly's uh, second goal of the game, he was allowed to walk in alone after some pressure. And if you watch O'Reilly's practice drills where he's stick handling and working on going top corner and close, where he lays a goal down in front of the goal, and he stick handles back and forth over some sticks that are in front and then goes chips backhand and forehand up in the corners in the, on the stand-up goal, uh, that's like the exact situation and scenario that that drill is for, and he buried I, it. It's something that, yeah. that my hockey teammates and I have talked about because he's so pinpoint sometimes with shots and passes like that. And it's like, is it that weird little thing he has at the toe of his blade? Like what, why is he able to pull the kind of stuff he pulls? Well, that was a backhand. So, so obviously that had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Nothing to do with it. If anything, had a shorter stick, but, uh, uh, Petrangelo added an insurance goal to give the blues, the most dangerous lead in hockey, uh, two goal lead, uh, went off a defender's stick in the net. Counts even with that, though, even with that, though, did you guys not three. feel a little more? Three. Did right. you guys not feel a little more confident with a uh, uh, with a two goal lead going into the third period? I mean, I was oh, still God, nervous, yeah. Yeah. but I'm knowing nervous. the Blues and they were playing always, their game, two goals always, in the third period, I'll take it. I'm always more confident with a two goal lead. The two, the the, da- the most dangerous lead in hockey thing is a bunch of bullshit. Give me a two goal lead over one goal lead anytime. Um. So yeah, yeah but yeah, it was a five on three. First five on three goal since 2016, 17. It's been a long time. 17. I think. Uh, well, no, they, but well, they did get one last year in the playoffs, didn't they? Five on three. Was that right? Uh, against San Jose, they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They just they so can't do it in the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> no. So and Vancouver in the playoffs. And Vancouver in this game went zero for seven on the power play. So the right. whistles their, were out. Their power play. Right, their power play went from like what fifty eight percent to thirty two. And the, one the Blues, the Blues were aggressive uh, on the power on the penalty kill, which is what killed them in the first two games. I feel like they were way too timid. They were playing the box, and you know which works for some teams, but the Blues, like the puck goes along the boards, they've got to get a guy out there pressuring, and they just were not doing that in the first two games. And I feel like. They did that in this game and in in game three as well. And all of a sudden, Vancouver seemed like they didn't know what to do. They were lost in the, the offensive zone, and the Blues were dominating the defensive zone. The Blues heavy game, too. Yep. Uh, Vancouver scores five in the first game, four in the second, two in the third, uh, one in the fourth. 
So uh, the heavy game of the Blues could be wearing on Vancouver. Uh, the Blues, uh, they shut down the Vancouver's power play last game, and then it was a 3-1 to win. So if you shut down Vancouver's power play, you shut down Vancouver, especially against us 5-on-5, five five, where we're superior vastly to them 5-on-5. I'll five, say, so. though, that 4-on-4, four four, they are fucking terrifying. Well, the, yeah, there's more open ice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> Patty, Patty Bast. Canadians Patty Bast. just gave up the lead and took it back. Okay. Uh, Patty, uh, Patty Bass in YouTube chat is giving us updates on the lineup because I don't have it up in front of me, but uh, uh, they just posted it a little bit ago. Uh, Barbers on the fourth line with uh, De La Rose and Kyrie we talked about. Um, Schwartz, O'Reilly, and Perron first line. Second line is Sonny, Shen, and Bozak. Third is Sanford, Thomas, and Blay. Fourth is Kyrie, De La Rose, and Barbie. So, and Bertuzzo sits again. So, all right. So, talk about this game because we're, we're coming to a point where we need to close it up. Um, you guys think I mean, key, let's just say key to the game, which I don't like using that term. But keep doing exactly what you're by Toyota. Exactly. Um, <laughs> keep doing exactly what you do in game three and four. You, you just wear them down. Four check. You, you're you're aggressive on the penalty kill, and don't take stupid penalties. And there's a good chance you win the next two games. I, I picked the Blues in six in this series, and uh, Vancouver has won their two that I allotted them. So I think the Blues win tonight. <laughs> they have to yeah. for my prediction to come true. So uh, I I forgot where I heard it. I don't think we talked about it on the show last week, but uh, it, the the stat I heard was the the last two times that the defending Stanley Cup champions went down two nothing to start a series, they won in six, and that was the Hawks and the Kings. Against so, us, yeah. Um, right. oh, sadly, yes. Yeah. well. Um, you know, I don't think history will repeat itself. I, I still think this one, this one's going to wind up going seven games. Um, but uh, yeah, if the Blues play and Ryan O'Reilly plays like he's played, uh, the Blues have this series. I agree. I, I mean, I they, the Blues are the better team. It's a best of three now. Uh, the Blues. Uh, the last game was the best game they played that they, for the first time, they looked like the team that won the cup last year. Um, I don't have a reason to think that that was going to regress any. Um, I mean, obviously it could, but you know, there's no reason to assume it would. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Stay out of the box. Uh, we win the game. Um, uh, let's see. Tarasenko leaves the bubble uh, shoulder being reevaluated. That's scary uh, concerning his could be, if he has to have surgery, his third one, in what three years or so? So, that's not yeah. cool. Career. Shades of Robbie Fabry. It could be his career because uh, they said that they, when you injure your shoulder, the type of injury he has, uh, the, the it becomes more and more likely to be injured again. So this is the third time, and uh, they speculate if he doesn't does injure it again before he came back, if he does injure it again, he his career could be in jeopardy. So, uh, because he might not get cleared to play if it maybe too much of a risk. So we'll we'll see what the injury is. Could be soreness. Could be scar tissue. Could be uh, something they're checking him out. So maybe it's all, mostly we all agree they they played better without him. But at the same time, like when he's a hundred percent, you want him in the lineup. So hopefully, it's just a matter of oh, we just have to tweak this or you know rehab this a little more, and he'll be fine in a couple weeks. But we'll see. And and he's and the thing too, he's gone. He's done for the series. That's not because of the severity of the injury or anything like that. But he's done for the series because if you leave the bubble. You you need to 
you test uh, positive, uh, test negative four times, uh, you're out for a while anyway. You, you you just can't return to the ice for a while. So that's to say, Bar- barbershev has been back for like five or six days now, right? Right. He got back uh, he was, Saturday, he, right? He was clear. Yeah. He was cleared to skate yesterday. He's been in the. He hasn't been able to turn the ice. He's been uh, quarantined to his hotel room. Uh, but he's yeah he's he was allowed to return to the ice uh yesterday right yeah yesterday so um we to this no goalie controversy and uh, our thoughts for game five we just went over so uh I think we're good we can wrap this show up yeah you guys uh what's your pick for tonight um, I'm a, I mean I'm well Bill I'll let you go you you've thought it out. You thought it out. Well, I'm not. I mean, not. I mean, I like I said, I I, I picked the Blues in six. So if that to happen, the Blues have to win tonight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I, I think it's gonna, gonna be a, it's gonna be a close game. I think. Uh, still, I think Vancouver is gonna fight back hard, but I still put the Blues on top. I'm saying probably uh, by one goal, two one, three two, something like that. I, I don't I don't like doing scores, but I think I think if, if I don't trends either. continue, if tre- if trends continue, I mean the Blues are 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 on their game right now. Um, they've they've held Vancouver's power play to 0 for last game, and they've they've outplayed them five on five. If they don't take stupid penalties, if they stay out of the box, they'll win this game. Yeah, I I agree with that completely. Uh, I think the key is going to be keeping off keeping Vancouver off the power play, keeping the game five on five, and getting O'Reilly um, to control the game and push it down in their zone. All right, that'll wrap up uh, episode seventy-eight of season. Did you you give your prediction, right, Jeff? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was, we're good. I, I, okay, we're good. Uh, that'll wrap up season uh, eight, episode seventy-eight of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, the Blues game is going to start in a few minutes. Game five against Vancouver. It's a home game. Uh, Vancouver, so Vancouver, for Jeff Bonder and Glenn. Bill, and and Bill Day. I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at eight. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. 